There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Before you get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know that in part of the episode, I'm talking about the Dylan and Hannah relationship, and I am calling Dylan Dustin. I just got my names mixed up, so so sorry about that. So when I say Dustin, I really mean Dylan. Okay, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm always excited to be in your earbuds every week, but I'm even more excited to be in your earbuds on this lovely Saturday morning. And here's the dirt on why I'm going to be in your earbuds every Saturday morning for the next month or so. So the thing is, as you know, I love spirituality, I love personal growth, I love love, and I obsess over a lot of the same stuff that you do as well. I get judged for liking basic things or things that seem trivial or shallow, especially in my role as a love coach who relies a lot on spirituality and personal growth for my work. But here's the thing. Part of the reason why I love being a love coach is because, yes, I love love. I've already said that, but I'm also really obsessed with human behavior. I believe that human behavior is 100% predictable, and when you can recognize that in your own life, you can see red flags, you can see through bullshit, and you can definitely help yourself to not get blindsided so often. I also think that my obsession and love of human behavior and my deep understanding of human behavior is also what makes me a really good coach, because I can understand why someone might do something or why you might do something, and then how to coach you around it in a way that feels super, super grounded and rational. And so I think that's a big reason why I love shows and movies about dating and romance. And it's a huge reason why I love the king and queen of all reality dating shows, which is The Bachelor and all Bachelor adjacent shows, including The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. 
Now, when I watch The Bachelor, it is so fascinating to watch what people say versus what their body language says. It's fascinating to see people get blindsided when it was so obvious to us. And then also seeing what was that one thing that they held on to that allowed them to get blindsided like that. And I get that it's totally surprising to a lot of people that I support women in doing this deep work around relationships and love. And then I also watch something as ridiculous and absurd and honestly, sometimes socially backwards as The Bachelor. But I don't think anything has to be so black and white. I think it's really boring, actually, to say, oh, this is good and that is bad and then just leave it at that or this I I like or this I don't like. I think that's actually really boring. I think what's more interesting is to have complex opinions around, yeah, there's a part of me that really likes this, but there's also a part of me that feels uncomfortable. And that's really what's driving a lot of these episodes over the next month as I do a little recap on Bachelor in Paradise each week. Now, I really enjoy watching the show partly because of what I just shared around my obsession around human behavior, but also most of us, not most of us, all of us have shadow sides to us. And part of my shadow is secretly loving, or maybe now not so secretly loving drama and gossip. Now, it's not a part of me that I want to grow and nurture necessarily, but it's definitely a part of us. And I think we actually have to work with the shadow side of ourselves, rather than just calling that side of ourselves bad or wrong, or we need to change it. Because We come in one package and you either accept yourself or you don't. It's pretty much you do or you don't. There is no try in this situation or no 80%. So I think it's more interesting to have complex opinions about something. Yes, there are a lot of problems in The Bachelor shows around the way love and dating and sex and women and men are portrayed. And I hope to highlight some of that here on these bonus episodes over the next month because I'm also going to be giving out some patriarchy roses in these episodes. So love it or not, The Bachelor is an incredible cultural phenomenon. People go on the show and leave with hundreds of thousands of followers or even millions. The show has been on since 2002 and only seems to be getting more popular. I think only Survivor has been on as long. And from a marketing perspective, what they've created is absolute genius to their brand visuals, how the Bachelor backgrounds look the same no matter where they are in the world. The feeling the show is supposed to invoke season after season and the common languaging. If you have a business, no matter what kind of business it is, you can definitely learn something from the Bachelor franchise and apply it to your own business and the name of branding and marketing. I just think what they've created is absolute, absolute genius. All that being said, I've decided to create weekly recap episodes each Saturday of The Bachelor because one, I feel like I have a lot to say about the dynamics of many of these relationships. Two, I was looking for a fun and creative outlet. And three, I think there's a lot to learn about your own life from watching these shows. It's so easy to sit at home and think, well, she's just being dumb or she's just being naive or she's letting that guy walk all over her. But I'll bet you've actually been in a similar situation in your own love life. So I want to pull out some of these teachable moments for you. So for the next five weeks or so, however long Bachelor in Paradise lasts, I'm going to be doing a weekly bonus episode where I break down some of the key elements of Bachelor in Paradise episodes. And if it goes well, and if I enjoy doing it, and if you like them, I'll do them for a Bachelor in January and then Bachelorette next spring. So here's the thing. There are plenty of shows that do a play-by-play recap. 
So I am not going to talk about every little thing that happened on each episode. What I really want to focus on is highlighting two to three situationships, as we'll call them. I'll dissect them. I'll give insight into what I actually think is going on. And I'll try my best to relate it back to an experience you might have had in your own life and give you some insight and advice on what you can do in your life if you've experienced some similar sort of encounter. Then at the end of each episode, I'm giving out some patriarchy roses. These roses go to people who are perpetuating the patriarchy because the only way to take it down is to call it like it is. There are so many behaviors, especially in dating, that are just seen as, well, that's just the way it is, or that's just what dating is. But I'm calling total bullshit on that. It's patriarchy and you don't have to stand for it. And so my hope is that when you see where I'm handing out some of these patriarchy roses, then if something similar happens in your own life, you'll be like, wait a minute, I don't actually have to stand for this. Like, yeah, this might be normal in our society, but this is fucking patriarchy and I'm not putting up with it. So with all of that in mind, let's get started. Okay, so right now the number one drama in paradise definitely is Blake, Kaylin, and Christina. So just really quickly, Blake and Christina dated last year for a few months and then decided to stay friends or just to be friends. And then Blake and Kaylin were kind of talking and both of them hooked up with Blake during Stagecoach, Christina one night, Kaylin the next night. And it's very unclear when they were talking and what the relationship status was, but I don't even know if they would even call it dating. They were just talking and, you know, who the hell knows what that actually means. But either way, Christina was hurt when Blake eventually told her that he slept with Kaylin the next night. He didn't tell her until a few days before Bachelor in Paradise started filming. Presumably he wanted to save his ass and get some things cleared because he assumed that Kaylin was going to be on the beach. And my guess is that he already knew that Christina was going to be on the beach as well. And then with Kaylin, Kaylin felt really hurt because they were talking and they were talking a lot and they slept together. Now, it might have made it seem like with the text that he released that she was understanding that this was just going to be sex and that's all it was. However, none of those texts really made him innocent of calling her a mistake or telling her, please don't tell anyone or don't tell anyone, this has to be our secret or whatever it is. We don't really know if that happened or not. I kind of believe Kaylin in this situation. I don't think she would lie about that, but who knows? Who am I to know? Here's the thing. Blake was obviously just talking to a bunch of women He was number two on Becca season. He went from probably about a few hundred followers of mostly just his friends to hundreds of thousands of followers. And women were probably constantly coming into his DMs. He was famous. People wanted him to be the bachelor. People probably walked up to him on the street. He was recognized regularly in public. And I think it went to his head and he just felt like, oh, I'm just going to talk to this person and that person and this person. And he honestly just wasn't thinking. I don't think he's a bad guy guy. It doesn't excuse his behavior. But I think that's essentially what happened with his ego, so to speak. And then when it comes to his relationships with Christina and Kaylin, you know, from my point of view, he's allowed to sleep around. He's allowed to talk to a bunch of different women if that's what he wants to do. He's allowed to do that, right? There's no rule that only people who are looking for a long-term serious relationship are allowed to date or allowed to have sex. If you want to sleep around, if you want to just talk to a bunch of people and see your options and just have fun and 
explore and meet people, whatever, like that's your prerogative. You're allowed to do that. It becomes a problem when you don't make that super clear with the people that you're in relationship with. Now, it's not that it's your responsibility or it's not Blake's responsibility to manage Kaylin and Christina's emotions. It's their responsibility to manage their own emotions. But it is Blake's responsibility to be clear about what he wants and what he's seeing out of the interaction that he's having with those two different women. Okay, so to recap, men and women are allowed to sleep around, you're allowed to have friends with benefits, and so is someone else. That doesn't make you bad, and it doesn't make them bad either. I think we've got to stop definitely the slut shaming. I mean, that goes without saying. But I also think we need to stop the male bashing because I've seen a lot of things around like, oh, why are men like this? Like, why does, you know, Blake just like another guy just like the rest of them? And I think that is really, really self-defeating and ultimately shoots you in the foot because it just dampens your energy. Blake is allowed to sleep around if that's what he fucking wants to do. Where he messed up is he allegedly asked Kaylin to lie. He allegedly called her a mistake, and maybe he did lie about how he felt about them and made them believe that there was something more serious, and maybe he did something else that we don't even know about, but I also think that he allowed fame to get to his head. But I think a lot of times we allow friends with benefit situations to happen and to perpetuate for one of two reasons. One, you either believe that if you keep hanging out and keep having sex, then the other person will eventually see how amazing you are and just fall in love with you and want to be with you. Or two, you avoid having the talk because you don't want to hear the truth that, yeah, they like you, but not in that way. And they're fine having sex, but they don't want to have anything more. I really believe that one of these two situations happened both with Kaylin and Christina. They weren't either being forthcoming about what they really wanted with Blake, or they were just totally in denial about the things that he was saying. And maybe he really was saying, yeah, this is just something that we're exploring. It's not anything serious. And they would just hold on to like one little thing that would make them think, oh, maybe eventually, you know, he can fall for me or I'll be the one that gets him to commit or whatever it is. On the other side of this, maybe you don't want to tell someone flat out no. So maybe you're the one who's sleeping around. So maybe Blake was, you know, wanting to try to manage their feelings and not really totally shut them out because, you know, maybe he wanted to keep them around for when he got bored. Or maybe he just didn't really want to hurt someone or make someone you know, be sad, because that's actually really hard to do as well. It's actually really hard to break up with someone or to turn someone down, especially if you have some pleaser tendencies. So this all comes down to communication. Someone isn't shitty because they want to have consensual sex with you, but they don't want a relationship. What makes someone shitty is when they lie or when their intentions aren't clear. And I think when you're in a situation where you're like, what's going on here? This seems a little murky, or I'm really getting some feelings involved, and you're not really sure how the other person feels. It is your responsibility to set the boundaries if you don't want just friends with benefits. If you don't want friends with benefits, you can't be like, like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We can be friends with benefits and just have sex and whatever. It doesn't mean anything and see other people. But oh, by the way, I'm supposed to go to this wedding this weekend. Do you want to come to the wedding with me? I mean, no, you can't do that. You you have to be really clear on what it is you want. And I know, I know how hard it is to confront that because I did that one time. I was kind of sort of dating a guy and I really, really liked him. I had a feeling he was not as into me as I was into him. And I, and I did know that deep, deep down, but I was in total, total denial. And then there was just a moment 
moment where I couldn't take it anymore. And I just had to ask him, hey, what's going on with us? I just need some clarity. I just need to know how you feel. And he basically, not basically, he did. He broke up with me and it sucked. It was horrible. That's why I avoided having the conversation for so long because I was pretty sure that was going to happen. However, I was able to just get the closure that I needed so I could just move on and not just be in emotional agony about you know, about about this relationship. And once he was clear with me on what this really was, my emotions then become my responsibility. It's not his job to manage my emotions or manage my sadness. That's my responsibility. So whether no matter what side you are on, on a friends with benefits situation, or in a situation where maybe two people want two different things, you just have to be super clear on what it is that you want or what it is that you don't want. And like, I mean, clear, not like sending hints or giving little nudges by being really clear, like, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I want. Okay, let's move to another love triangle. And that is Dustin, Hannah, and of course, our friend Blake. Now, Dustin is in love with the idea of Hannah. That's why he comes on so strong. That's why he feels like, oh, no one else has the chemistry we do. We're the strongest couple in paradise right now. Everyone says that, blah, 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 blah. She kind of likes it for sure. I mean, it definitely feels good to have someone like you. It definitely feels good for the ego. But she also, there's a little bit of reservedness in her. She's a little bit like, I don't know. This feels kind of weird. It feels like a lot. I do think he's a genuine sweet guy. I do think he seems to be emotionally available. Whether or not he's ready to get married into this, I don't I don't really know that. But I do think that he genuinely does want to find someone to love and someone to be with. But he's got to back off and get to know her and not the idea of her because that is an icky situation to be in. I think I can think of two people that I've been in relationship with. And one I actually dated for probably about seven or eight months. The other guy never really got off the ground just because it was just too much. It's a lot to have someone be in love with the idea of you rather than you, because it just feels like you're just living up to the standard that is impossible because it's like this perfect idealistic standard of you. And it's just not really possible. And also, they're not really able to connect with you, right? They're connecting with the idea of you and not you in general. So if you're on the receiving end of that, I think it's really important to have a conversation and bring it down to earth. And what I think also happens a lot, you might be this on the side where you're actually in love love with the idea of someone, right? And I think this happens a lot with perfect man lists and things like that, where we're like, oh my gosh, this person checks off all the boxes. They're so gorgeous. They're so this, they're so that, blah, 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 blah. And you're just in love with the idea of the person. And then those breakups always tend to be the most heart-wrenching because you just can't figure out what went wrong because everything just seems so great. But the problem was that your head was in the freaking clouds and you didn't see it coming because you weren't really looking and you weren't really present and available for what was actually there. Okay, so Blake and Hannah hit it off right from the beginning, but then Blake got a little distracted. He took Tasha out on his date and then he got distracted with the drama with Kaylin and Christina. And then all of a sudden there was a rose ceremony right around the corner. And that's when Blake was like, oh crap, I need to find someone to give my rose to because he just burnt a bunch of bridges. So he pulls out all the stops. He does something really sweet for Hannah. And I think she totally ate it up. 
And I'm predicting that Hannah is not going to go for Dustin. She is going to go for Blake unless she has a massive up-leveling and transformation in the few weeks that Bachelor in Paradise films. Here's what we know about Hannah. She says she's a people pleaser. And one thing I know about that is I know she did not come out of the womb a people pleaser. She developed that somewhere along the way. If you guys listen to my podcast, you know this. This comes from my inner child work, the inner child work that I do with my clients. No one is born a people pleaser. No one is born, you know, with any type of thing like that. Like that is all developed through our ways to get love, safety, and belonging. Now, I think there's a really strong chance she was probably raised and socialized in that way because she's from a more conservative upbringing um, from the South and from, I think, a more socially conservative, religiously conservative upbringing. And so it's not really surprising that she has encountered some people-pleasing behaviors and seen that as the way to get validation or love from men or just from other people. And also, I don't know the specific dynamics of her family, but maybe also she just felt like she got more love and validation when she was able to please in whatever way, whether it was through grades or her looks or helping others or whatever it is. People-pleasers can manifest in a lot of different ways in, in our life. Either way, we know she's a people pleaser. And so if she learned to get validation from others and that helped her to feel safe, secure, confident, all of those things, Blake's aloofness will actually feel familiar to her, right? Having Blake into her will feel a little bit like, oh, yeah, I can see that he has some flaws, but we have something special. Like he's there, even though maybe he's not always there and he's not always available, I can feel there's something deeper there. And she's going to want to go for that because it feels familiar. And this is really how patterns and relationships work and why we keep attracting the same person over and over again. Even if it's someone totally across the room, there's something about them that just feels really, really familiar and it feels safe. Even though ultimately, you know, I don't think Hannah wants to be a people pleaser. I don't think she wants to attract people who take advantage of that. But on some level, she knows how to operate in that. She knows what to do or what not to do, how to get the attention or how to avoid the attention. She just knows what to do. And so do you too. If that's your MO or if you've got another pattern of attracting someone who always is in a relationship or someone who always has an ex they can't stop talking about or whatever, there's some level of familiarity from that that you learned from childhood. And even though it's not what you consciously want on a deeper unconscious level, it feels comfortable, it feels safe. And so it's very easy to get that comfort confused with love. So she's going to call it following her heart. I guarantee you (laughs) when she, you know, as this plays out through the rest of the episodes and throughout the rest of the season, but I call it having someone fill your void and having someone fill your void and kind of scratch that itch is always going to feel way better than someone being emotionally available who is open to loving her for her aka Dustin. And so she's going to say, yeah, I really care about Dustin. And there's something special there. But with Blake, it's just like fire. It's like fireworks or magnets or whatever. 
And again, that's because Blake is filling a void, filling a core wound that she's not able to heal herself yet. And so that's why she's going to go for him. That's why she's going to say it's following her heart. But again, it's not following her heart. It just seems like following her heart. And I think this is a really important interaction to watch if you're watching Bachelor in Paradise, because this is something that's so, so common. It is so common for women in my community to tell me, I just always like the bad guys, or I like the guys who aren't available. And the nice guys, the available guys are really, really boring. And so on some level, you have to learn or relearn what it is to feel love and what love actually is. And I think this will be a big thing that Hannah will have to go through, whether it happens in Bachelor in Paradise or on her own time, who knows, but she's going to have to relearn what it's what it feels like to feel loved. And who knows, maybe Blake will also have an awakening. However, I do believe that when two couples are attracted to each other based on each other's core wounds, then the relationship really can't be fixed or healed within the context of the relationship. The people usually have to separate, do their own healing, and then they can potentially maybe come back together, but you can't break up and do the work with the attachment of coming back together. Eventually you have to do it for your own self. All right. This is why you need to be able to not heal your core wounds, because I don't think we're ever totally healed. But I do think you need to have the ability to soothe yourself without going into strategies that ultimately hold you back, like isolating yourself or pleasing others or pushing people away or whatever it is. Okay, finally, the last situationship that I'm going to talk about in this week's episode, I don't have too much to say. So this will be short, but it's about Bibiana and Nicole and Clay. Now, I've said this before on the show that masculine energy will friend zone you faster than an espresso machine can make you coffee. And watching her interaction with Clay is exactly what I'm talking about. When you watch the show, I just want you to watch the difference between Bibiana and Nicole when they talk to him. Now, one was going through the actions and talking from her thoughts and the things that she felt like she was supposed to say, rather than how she actually felt. Now, Bibi is definitely shut down. There's definitely some sort of core wounding or trauma there that I don't really know. But for whatever reason, she is terrified of letting her real self be seen and to lead with her emotions, other than like the you know, kind of like the, oh, I'm going to go get him for you, girl. Like kind of she she was very protective in previous seasons of her friends on Bachelor in Paradise. And so she, that persona feels very comfortable and safe. But when it comes to like sweet and soft Bibiana and vulnerable Bibiana, that just feels so foreign. And I think she's completely disconnected from that side of her. And I think it's going to be really, really hard for her to connect because whatever she's done to or whatever's happened in her life to feel all of that pain or that has created the desire or the need to cut herself off emotionally, she's begun to embody a lot of masculine energy and she holds a lot of space. Now, there's nothing wrong with holding space. I mean, I want you to hold your own space. I think that's important. That's a big way to stay sovereign and to own and honor your boundaries. However, there has to be some sort of softening and some sort of softening into feminine energy so that if you are seeking a male partner, 
partner, you can really allow them to step into their sacred masculine and allow that passion and romance and flirtation to exist. And Bibiana is not able to do that. Now, again, without talking to her, I don't know exactly what the fear is or the beliefs there, but there's definitely something there where she is totally cut off. Because then you see Nicole... And Nicole comes in and she is just really in touch with how she feels and she's just so excited. And that girl is just talking from her heart. She is just talking from how she feels and she's really allowing that to lead. And you can see it in her body. Like, I mean, she immediately cuddles up to to Clay and he's loving it. She's loving it. He invites her on the date. No questions asked. He's like, you're getting my rose. Don't have to worry. And they're just really, really into each other. Now, I think some of the previews alluded to some trouble in paradise, but I just want you to see the difference between these two interactions and why one person, quote unquote, won and the other person did it. Now, It's totally true that some people have chemistry and others just don't and that there is no rhyme or reason. I think that's true to an extent, kind of, but I think it's going to be really, really hard to build any kind of chemistry with anyone when you're so into your masculine energy and you're attracting or you're trying to attract someone else with a lot of masculine energy as well. I also know, Bibiana, this is not, not personally, but this is not her first time on Bachelor in Paradise, so I've seen her interactions before. So this is not really that surprising behavior. It seems to be pretty in line with the pattern. And so again, if something just happens one time, like, okay, something was off or whatever, not a lot of chemistry. But when the same thing happens over and over again, then you know that there's something else deeper, deeper going on. Um, And, and I think that again, there's something going on that's completely blocking her off. She wants to stay in control. She doesn't want to feel her feelings. She's very afraid to be seen and to truly be seen and to be felt. And so she's going through the motions and she's frustrated because she went up to Clay and she kind of talked about what she wanted. And maybe how she felt or, or not really how she felt, but she kind of just described the situation to him or whatever. But she was just going through the motions and she wasn't really present or in it or really allowing Clay in to see who she really is. I also want to say a lot of you have been loving Summer Love School, and I know a lot of you have loved Ken's interview where he talked about trusting your vulnerabilities. Now, Nicole was berated on Colton's season for being too emotional, and it almost became became kind of a joke. And it's funny, but it's also kind of not funny because emotions are important. But I think she also kind of saw it as a problem too. However, I'm glad that it didn't stay with her, the belief that that's a problem, because I think that's what got her into the relationship or, you know, with Clay, or at least what it is for right now. Who knows what'll happen like two days from now. (laughs) But anyways, this is a really beautiful point where, you know, the thing that has created the most pain, people calling you over emotional or too emotional, and then allowing yourself to actually connect with someone from that place, I think is exactly what Ken is talking about in his summer love school interview. So if you haven't listened to that is day three, make sure you check it out. All right, so those are the three situationships I dove into. And now we're going to get into some patriarchy roses. Who are getting who is getting the roses today? So Blake is definitely getting a patriarchy rose because he gaslighted Christina like crazy on their date. He said things like, I can't believe she's doing this to me. How could you do this to me? Now, he is basically saying, yeah, I screwed you over. I lied. I wasn't honest with you. And now you want to 
confront me on Bachelor in Paradise when I'm supposed to be hooking up with all the women. I'm supposed to be the king in paradise. And he's saying, I can't believe you're doing this to me. How could you? That is the definition of gaslighting. And so if you're not sure you've ever been gaslighted before, definitely make sure you watch this scene because this is a perfect textbook example of what gaslighting is. Now, that doesn't mean that Blake believes in the patriarchy and whatever, but it does mean that he's allowed some of the societal norms around what it means to be a man or a woman to seep in unconsciously to his beliefs and habits and patterns. Again, doesn't make him a bad person, but I just want you to highlight that this is a direct product of the patriarchy. And basically, it's rooted in the belief that men have the power, men can do what they want, men can sleep with whoever they want. And if you're a woman and you're not going to like that, then you better keep your mouth closed because you're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to call a man out. You're not allowed to call or tell a man that he did something wrong or did something bad because, you know, it's impossible. That's just not even possible. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with gaslighting, I just want to make sure I'm clear on that definition as well. Gaslighting is basically when you tell someone how you feel, like, hey, when you did da-da-da, that really hurt me, and then they turn it on you, and they make themselves the victim, and they make it look like that you're the one who actually did something wrong and made the mistake. Now, it happens maybe one time, and you're like, okay, that's messed up or whatever, but if it happens over and over again, especially if you're in a relationship with that person, it can really begin to make you feel like you're crazy and make you question your own sanity. And it's really a larger part of a manipulation to keep someone close to them and also far from their other loved ones, family members, friends, and everything so that they can continue to exert that control and manipulation of, you know, I know better, you're wrong, you're just crazy, but just stay with me and we can figure this all out. So that's basically what gaslighting is. The next patriarchy rose goes to Kevin. So we didn't talk too much about Kevin, but Kevin's actually getting two patriarchy roses today. I think that guy is sleazy. I don't like him. He's been getting a lot of love on Instagram because he bulked up and I'm just like, Ugh, I'm not into it at all. But he gets two patriarchy roses. The first rose because he feels the need to protect everyone from Cam. And people and I and what I'm thinking means is the other women and women can protect themselves. And if they need help, they'll ask for it. But it's not your job because you're a man and someone else is a woman to go save someone that is definitely the savior complex, definitely a product of the patriarchy and no thank you. And the other patriarchy rose for Kevin is because he told Katie that I most women don't or can't pull off rompers. That is the most offensive thing maybe not the most, but it's definitely an offensive thing to hear. You know, people can wear whatever the fuck they want to wear. Women can wear whatever the hell they want to wear. And it is such an old ingrained notion in the patriarchy that women, get, or excuse me, that men get to control what is beautiful, what is not beautiful, what is sexy, what is not sexy. He doesn't get a say. Now, he can have his own opinions. That's totally fine. People are allowed to have their opinions. But to say that he gets to have the opinion of, oh, this person can't wear this because they don't have the right physique. No, thank you. And that's disgusting. And then the next patriarchy rose or the final patriarchy rose doesn't really go to Nicole. It just goes to maybe patriarchy itself because she said in her intro package that she's been working out and lost a lot of weight before Bachelor in Paradise. And that just makes me so, so sad. First of all, this is not the first time we've seen Nicole. She was on Colton season 
She is a beautiful, beautiful woman, and she does not need to lose weight or change anything about her to be worthy of love. And even if she were to lose a bunch of weight and then someone wanted to be with her, she became a hot commodity in Bachelor in Paradise because she lost a lot of weight. Like, is that a kind of person that you want to be with in the first place? Like, no, definitely, definitely not. So the patriarchy rose goes to, I don't know, diet culture. Maybe we can give it to diet culture, not exactly a person that instilled that belief in her. However, that is definitely a form of internalized patriarchy. And I'm going to go ahead and give that rose. Yeah, I'm like in diet culture, I'm going to give that to diet culture. All right, the final section, I want to share some moments I'm here for. So one thing that I love about Bachelor in Paradise is that it's really funny. I think the editing in this is brilliant. I thought the editing was not so great last year. They must have gotten some new people or they've just gotten really good. I don't know. But the editing is so, so brilliant. I am here for Katie playing Inspector Gadget. I am here for Nicole packing her tissues and then pumping iron with her tissue boxes. I love that, by the way. What if your quote unquote weakness was your strength, lead with that. I am also here for Wells being the beach therapist. I love that. I love that everyone just tells them or tells him their shit and then he kind of helps them through it. I don't necessarily always agree with his perspective or advice. I would much rather be that bartender. However, I don't know how to make drinks. Um, However, I do love that there is a neutral person who's, you know, kind of in the bachelor world and who's their age and they can just talk to and is also not a producer who was trying to manipulate them into saying certain things or doing certain things. So next week, it looks like Jordan is coming back, which I'm not super stoked about, but we'll see what kind of fun stuff he brings to the show. And I have some mixed feelings about Mike coming to the show. Obviously, I love Mike. I am wholeheartedly on Team Mike for Bachelor. So I really just don't want him to fuck up. And obviously, I want him to find love, but just not in Bachelor in Paradise. I want him to find love in The Bachelor. So so we'll see how that all plays out. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great season. And I look forward to connecting each week with you on these little recap episodes. And if there's things that you want me to talk about on the show, then make sure you send me a DM or an email. I'm hello at veronicagrant.com. That's my email or send me a DM, Veronica E. Grant. And let me know if you want me to break down a situationship or something that happened or a relationship or whatever it is. I usually record these episodes on Wednesday afternoon. So the day after the second episode is aired for Bachelor in Paradise. So just send me a DM before Wednesday afternoon. I can definitely consider including it in the episode if I think that it'll be relevant and helpful for everyone else listening as well. And I'm really excited to do this. It's really fun. Again, it's like a guilty pleasure. But also now that I'm watching the bachelor and I'm taking notes and using it for my business. It just feels awesome because I don't have to feel guilty about spending four hours every week this whole month watching bachelor in paradise. All right, my dear, that is all I have for you this week. I will see you next Thursday with a brand new regular episode on the love life connection. And I will be back in your earbuds next Saturday with a brand new recap for bachelor in paradise until then. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. 
You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.